Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone and thank you for listening. Before we dive into the interview with David about the steps he's taken to open his primary school more widely, I just wanted to take a few minutes to tell you what I do as my day job because I do have one, honest. So if you don't already know, I'm Claire Riley, co-founder and CEO of Classroom Secrets. So as a company, we've been doing so much to support teachers, schools, parents and children throughout these tricky times that we've faced over the past few months. But the specific thing I want to tell you about right now is Classroom Secrets Kids. So it started as an idea in my head a few years ago. It's an online platform for children to be able to learn online. So back then, I had no idea how needed it would be. But fast forward to December 2019, and we'd finally launched a free beta version that we were working on. You know, on the side. But coronavirus obviously changed all of that. And then we used this platform to support children all over the world and we really ramped up the work that we were doing on the site and keeping it free and the number of activities on there. So we started in March with about 150 activities and now we have over 1,300 activities on the site and there's hundreds more waiting in the wings, but I'll get onto that in a minute. So a hot topic right now is blended learning and what that means for each school moving forward from this point. So we've learned a lot of new skills and the virus is not going away anytime soon. So we shouldn't waste the opportunities that are presented to us. As much as we'd all like to think that we'll get back to normal, the reality is is that we're going to have to adopt a new normal and none of us are exactly sure what that is yet. Classroom Secrets Kids, along with Classroom Secrets, is perfect for blended learning. We have lots of video tutorials where our teachers teach concepts and we've embedded questions that the children can get feedback on. So there's no need to remember to pause the video, which I know has been a struggle for us during home learning. And there's no fear of passive learning where the children are just waiting to be told the answer by the video that comes after they should have paused. There are also games and activities so children can then practice and demonstrate their ability to apply that learning. So why am I even telling you all this? One, I want to make sure that you know about it so that you can get the best out of an amazing free service that we're offering. It's only free for a few more days. So go to kids.classroomsecrets.co.uk and set up a team for free if you haven't already. Number two, we've recently added a new feature where you can assign activities for your children and it shows up in their to-do list. You can also see who's completed it and the score that they got. And number three, Later in June, personalised learning is coming to Classroom Secrets Kids, where you'll be able to select programmes of learning for children for reading, maths and GPS. We'll work out what your children know and then guide them through teaching videos and activities to teach them what they don't know from the year group objectives. Then we'll package all that data up for you so that you can be really informed and spend your time with them in a really focused way where it really matters. We wanted to create a tool that would really easily assist you with blended learning going forward 
and help you give each child a personalised learning experience wherever they're learning from. We've got hundreds more never seen activities waiting for your children to help them on their new style learning journey that none of us ever thought would be happening right now. So thank you for listening to that. I don't often talk about Classroom Secrets on the podcast but I feel it's really important to let you know right now about how much value you can get for free. It might just really help you with your life-work balance and also help your children with their learning too. So in this episode then, I remotely interviewed David Sheriff, head teacher at Lawton St Mary's CE Primary School. I chatted with David about how he's reopened his school more widely from the 1st of June. We talked rotors, class sizes, home learning, staff and pupil numbers. So I hope there's something that you can take away to consider at your school, whether you've reopened more widely already or not. Let's get to the interview. So David, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast today. Oh, you're very welcome, Claire. Thank you for having me. So basically your wife volunteered you up. At the I know. Last she's, very good. she's very good like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. I put a thing out on Facebook and um, she contacted me within a few minutes, really, I think. Yes, my yeah. husband is up for this. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, might be, I might be the boss at school, but uh, she's the boss at home, clearly. Well, that's <laughs> generally the way, isn't it? So. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you're going to talk to us about, about opening up your school to a wider variety um, than, than just key worker children. Um, so thank you for that. I think this is going to be really helpful for so many head teachers SLT going forward to learn from your experiences and so do you want to just give me a backstory just to start with like how did you get into teaching what are you doing now yeah sure well I always knew from a fairly young age teenage years that I wanted to go into teaching and my family are all in education in some form so uh, despite the best efforts to put me off or or whatever it might be they uh you know they, they didn't uh they, no it's nothing like that they they actively encouraged it and i think when you're young sometimes you just need a bit of a vision and a bit of a focus so unlike a lot of my friends who weren't quite sure what they wanted to do when you know that when, when you grow up i was quite uh clear on what i wanted to do and uh, following in sort of the family footsteps going into education so went through school and and did my GCSEs A-levels degree uh, and then did a postgrad at the end of it and yeah I was fortunate enough to get my first permanent position which I know are highly sought after particularly at the moment mm. um, so started off in year four and I had three glorious years in year four absolutely love love yeah love that age group um they just start to come into their own and develop their own personalities uh mm. in that summer term and then you hand them over uh, to the year five teacher yeah. um but uh, i was fortunate in the way it was timing really that allowed me to move onward and up the ladder if you like that um there was somebody leaving on maternity leave and you know i was offered the opportunity to be the year six teacher uh, at the same school and I obviously grasped that and was very honoured to be to be asked and along with that came the opportunity to lead a course subject um, which was maths and also um, lead Q 
key stage two, which uh, was great. And that was initially a, a temporary role, but as it manifested, it it became permanent. So I did that for three or four years and that was, that was really, really good. And I would say um, that it wasn't something I necessarily thought I would be doing so quickly because, you know, you go into teaching to teach and yes, I was still a full-time class teacher, but you get to see that other side of life and the strategic side. And, you know, I, uh, I enjoyed seeing sort of how the school was run from that perspective. And that gave me the thirst to want to, to, to move on and I'd done 10 years at that school and um, just just under probably so decided it was the time to time to go nothing you know nothing that the school had done but just needed you know another school perhaps to, to see another side of life so I applied for deputy headship and was successful again and I moved to another part of the, lo- the same authority and I was the deputy there for four or five years um, so you know, two very different, two de- very different leaders, but both excellent, and you know, couldn't ask for kind of a better grounding really with with the with the heads that the heads that I had, and you know, both trusted me w- with the role that I had, and you know, and vice versa, because the relationship I think is 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 really key when you're on senior leadership team. You've got that trust and open mm-hmm. honesty there, and yeah, I. Uh, for four years just over and was then ready for headship and you know went for a couple be honest I went for a, a, a couple before before the one I actually got um but I think it was good experience and maybe told me that first time around I perhaps wasn't quite ready so I think it was about a year year after the first the first uh, interview that I was I was successful and this is coming up towards the end of my fourth year now um and I'm absolutely loving it and don't let anybody tell you it's not a great job to have because I think it is absolutely the best job you can have you know it's what you make of it that's important yes you don't have the teaching commitments um, that, that people have but you know I was told once that you make headship what you want of it so I, I am very keen to be visible around school as often as I can. Uh, it's not always easy sometimes with the, the amount of paperwork that you have to do but mm. you know I think it's important that the children see you and the parents see you out and about and the staff see you out and about as well and you know you can support them in that way so um, it's not all sat in an office and uh, and doing policies and and writing strategic plans and things like that you know there there is a time and a place for that but you know you've got to get out there and see what it's like on on the shop floor and I and I I love that I find it hard to to sit still for too long anyway so you know it's uh it gets me out and I also think you know I've mentioned it on the podcast before but um in in my local area I've actually done a lot of supply and the schools that I enjoyed going back to were the schools where the head was visible um and you were going out um and seeing what the kids are up to all the time um so I just love that because I think that that that's what helps just yeah pull a really nice community together and it's not just within the school it's the wider community isn't it Absolutely, absolutely. There's nothing better than, you know, going out on those gates first thing Monday morning or last thing on a Friday night and 
you know, wishing them well for the weekend or welcoming them back, no matter what, and I'll go out, you know, wind, rain or shine. And I think, you know, the parents appreciate that. And it does get commented on that I'm always out there. So so that's good. And I'll always do that, no matter how busy I am or what things I've got to get done. You know, I think that's a crucial part of leadership that you are you are visible and the parents know that you're there to to answer any concerns or just to even you know pass the time of day with them yeah yeah thank you okay so we've all been going through quite a difficult time recently um coronavirus just in case you're listening to this podcast way (laughs) in the future um although i think it will be etched on our minds for years to come um, so what has happened in your school during coronavirus? Because it's been going on for at least 12 weeks in school now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can remember going back to to February and even early March. And I think it was, you know, when you went out on training or spoke to other heads, it was it was more of a case of of when than if the schools were going mm-hmm. to close. Uh, you know and everyone was on I think it's going to be next week or I think it'll be another 10 days or next Friday there's going to be an announcement you know the rumor mill was was flying and uh, and then obviously uh, things, tran- things transpired and you know the announcement came and like I say in, interestingly f- for, for for me I was actually self-isolating right at the beginning because um, a family member was displaying symptoms so in line with the the government guidance you know I, I was self-isolating so that was a real challenge for the school and myself um, dealing with that because you know I obviously I've you know I've always been there and I wanted to to do my bit to mm. to help with the smooth the smooth closing of, of school but this is just how great my my staff are and um, that they all pulled together and they all rallied round and yes, obviously I was involved from a distance, phone calls, Zoom meetings, but you know, I just I just led a great a great team of individuals and it was, you know, really sort of heartwarming to get the regular updates from the deputy or the business manager when she wasn't available on just what at, at, you know actual teamwork was going on and mm. um, you know to, to make to make this happen and not just staff as well, but the governors, you know, and their and their support, and the children were amazingly focused and and sensible and calm because you can imagine, you know, they were hearing a lot and seeing a lot, but you know they remained calm. And I also must thank the other the local heads um, that I, I work very closely with for their support as well, uh, and the local authority for their support in. In, you know, in the in the closing of schools, and I think it was really important to to have those close links right mm. at the outset. Uh, and obviously, we had our own plans in place for our for our key worker and vulnerable children, and we had a staff rotor um, where staff were either in school with our key worker and vulnerable children, or they were working from from home, and that and that worked really well. And that was certainly not set in stone by any any stretch of the imagination it was very fluid uh, we had relatively low numbers of of key workers and, and you know it transpired that we did all throughout um, it, you know it had its difficulties because you know as teachers and 
uh, and leaders you you like to know you like to have structures and you like to have definites but often yeah. parents couldn't couldn't really tell you how yeah. far in advance what days they needed so sometimes it was um it was right up to the friday before the before the following week but you know i can't fault the parents in in how good they've been and how sensible and how patient and supportive they've been with everything everything that's gone on really since 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 the start because I think the key to it all has been communication and you know that sort of two-way conversation we've always prided ourselves on being you know an an open door sort of policy and a listening school so we we use our uh, various means of communication to to make sure that the parents have have got the answers that they need and you know they, we've managed to get staff to have regular breaks so we were we were able to to close over the east over the Easter holidays and we were able to close over half term just gone so staff were able to mm. to recharge the batteries because school you know hasn't really hasn't closed uh, you know it has it has kept going uh, and staff if they haven't been in school have been working working from home so you know those those breaks came at, at good times and the parents decision to be able to find alternative care really really supported that so I thank, I thank them for that um, and it's just it's been great to see you know it's not I, I never doubted it you know you never doubt that you sort of your staff will pull together because that's the culture that you that you want but uh, it's even better when perhaps like at the beginning I wasn't there that that it that it carries on even even in my in my in my absence so uh, you know I owe a lot to the staff for, for throughout this uh, and they continue to be to be amazing and um, you know because they're the ones who are you know actually working with the children's day in day out and, yeah. and supporting them when it was a care provision and and, and making sure that they are they, they are cared for particularly the the key workers and and those vulnerable children and we've had a good program of of home learning going on for the for the ones who aren't in school um we utilized a resource which we found online well it's a school that we've done a bit of work with in the past uh, robin hood and we were impressed with that what they they were very good in sharing what they created so we adapted their home learning projects and put out sort of six or seven weeks of learning for parents at a time personalized it obviously for for our school and staff would um, respond to those home learning tasks um, during school hours and give feedback or you know the, the, we used the class dojo so they were able to put them in portfolios and then the teachers could like them and you know I, I did that myself as well because I thought that was important that as the head that I was aware of all the effort and, and support that was going into the home learning not just from the children but obviously the parents in the background so so it was you know it, it was going very you know it went very smoothly that whole that whole process really so you mentioned um you know a care offering a care provision so how have things changed then since last monday which was the first of june yeah, so obviously from the first of June we we began our our, our wider opening. Um, so we continue to have our key workers and, and vulnerables in because we'd all had a week um, for half term and, and, and came back. 
So the children in school, it has obviously with, with the introduction that we've pretty much got all our staff back now. We have got a couple of staff who, who are shielding and they've become uh, our home learning team. That's what that's what we've called them. And that's, that's proved a good idea. really I like that. Yeah, that's proved really um crucial really because obviously the teachers uh once they're in school don't have the capacity to to respond to all the home learning that's been done so we've a couple of staff um working working from home responding to the home learning but obviously if there's anything that strikes them as might be a concern in terms of welfare or it's obviously safeguarding then they've got that contact with the school and and the teachers can get in touch with that way but the home learning team's been a been really successful and they introduce themselves to all the parents because obviously it wouldn't you know they've only got a class each so they're looking after sort of four or five classes each mm-hmm. and they've um been setting tasks aside from the home learning projects and we've incorporated the uh, oak academy and the bbc bite size we've um, made changes to our school website so we've got like a home learning area that the parents and the children can access there with with websites that they, they find useful so they're carrying on obviously doing that and and in school um the children are doing the various activities not just the home learning they are you know doing doing extra whether it be phonics reading mm-hmm. uh, artwork maths work at their level so are getting a little bit more of a variety and, and obviously the added benefits of of having the teacher uh, or teaching assistant um, supporting them because in in some of our groups we've got a range of age groups so it, it can be difficult to to pitch to 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 a you know a reception right through up to a, a year five so yeah um, it, there, there have been challenges but you know we've met them met them head on and you know we hope they're seeing the benefits of of being back in school and obviously like i said before i really appreciate the parents who've been doing their best at home but it it isn't easy without the sort of input of a teacher yeah i'm just looking at your home learning page it's good <laughs> yes yeah the, you know the staff um have sort of collaborated to put to put that together um we you know our website has really developed over the sort of last 12 to 18 months so you know i think everybody concerned with that and you know it, it, it you know websites are important and you know that's a good way of making sure that the that the parents can can stay in, engaged because it's often a question isn't it you know what can we do to support our children at home and we can signpost them to the to the to the websites certainly Thank you. Okay. Um, so how does it look now then? How many, how many groups or how many bubbles have you got? Right. So, so I think it's important that I mentioned from the outset that our, that our numbers have, have remained relatively low uh, in comparison to other schools, both locally and nationally. So, you know, we've got obviously our key workers that are, are back in and we've got them split into two groups so we've got two sets of of key learners and vulnerable children we've got a nursery group because we have a maintained nursery at our school as well and obviously in line with the government guidance they were one of the priority uh, year groups to bring back so they've been coming they're coming back five mornings uh, a week 
we've got a mixed reception in year one because there wasn't the uptake um, from particularly the year one cohort. So we were able to put them together as a, as a, as a mixed bubble. And we've got our year um, six group as well. So we've got them on a week on, a week off rotor at the moment. Um, we looked at different options. And whilst we're a school that isn't short of space, um, when you when we planned it out on sort of paper, it, it it left us a bit not stretched, but if there had been some issues with staffing, for example, if anyone had have to go and isolate, it would have left us short in some areas. So, you know, our best endeavours were that we could offer a week on and a week off rotor for um, for reception in year one. And year six nurseries five mornings a week, um, every week, and obviously the key workers are in are in permanently. Mm-hmm. One thing that I love about this and about, to be fair, like Great Britain really, is that sometimes in other countries like there's a set way to do it, and I know that sometimes that's frustrating, but it does allow us to be creative. Um, you know, we can be creative more with the curriculum, we're creative in the way we do things. And, you know, you've just given a lot of ideas that other other head teachers might be able to take on. So I, I don't think that some schools will have thought actually you could have children in for one week and then not in the next week. Mm. But it's an option to, to take forward, isn't it? And I suppose, you know, that's why we need to be looking at blended learning going forward in September. If we're still doing things like that, we're going to have to have blended learning solutions um okay so i've got a ton of questions for you from the team um so bev wants to know um so what are the biggest lessons that you've learned and that you will take into the school year in september i i i feel that you know the 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 power of the school and I, i feel like this is not necessarily something I didn't know, but the, the 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 staff, how important it is to have that trust and the backing of your staff because you, you cannot you cannot do this alone in terms of your own school, and it's important that you you know you use your, your distributed leadership and obviously involve them uh, every step of the way and communication has been key and obviously we've been communicating in different ways like we are now virtually and you know we've had um, you know several zoom calls each and every week um, but keeping them up to speed and keeping in touch and checking in with them I think as they've really really valued that and all all staff have been invited to, to to various zoom meetings and I think I think that's you know I wouldn't say schools have neglected that, but perhaps that's one thing that will remain this sort of real focus on mental health and well-being of of mm-hmm. staff and children. You know, perhaps it's been a little bit we've paid lip service to it, and maybe in individual cases it's been it's been there, but you know, that real sense of community and mm-hmm. making sure everybody's okay, particularly in this in this circumstances, because everybody's at different sort of stages with with dealing with this. And, you know, when you've got um, 
20, 30 staff, and obviously schools much bigger than ours, you know, are, are managing people, um, you know, that's that's really, really key. And, you know, we, we I've really prioritised staff well-being uh, and welfare over over the last three or four months, more so than anything major strategic or too operational. It's really been how are staff and how, how, how are they finding it? So I hope that for everybody that it brings, every draws everybody closer together as not just, you know, a staff, but also a school community. You know, obviously there's a real good feel factor when you're out and about in the public and everybody saying hello to each other and acknowledging everybody. Let's hope that that very much stays, you know, mm-hmm. once all all this is is, is over uh, and relationships, even those ones who perhaps have been harder to, to, to engage with on a, on a normal footing, um, that those relationships have, have developed through this because they've had to. You, you needed regular communication um, with, with parents that those relationships stay there because, you know, it's definitely to the benefit of the children that, um, you know, everybody is sort of singing from the same hymn sheet and there's those open lines of communication. So I would say um, really, really key. I know it's probably, it's not rocket science and your listeners won't, uh, you know, think, well, that's, that's an obvious one, but it, it's the depth of the communication. I think that's, that's been really crucial. You know, it's not just skimming the surface. It's, how does is everybody informed? Can everybody make an informed decision from this? Is that letter that's gone out? Is that email going to answer the questions? Or mm. you know, it it it's been everything that we've put out. We've 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 reviewed. We've read it before it's gone to make sure that it is of the right um, detail, but without bombarding them at the same time. If that makes yeah. sense, because particularly with parents, if you've got a messaging service, it can. It can be overwhelming, particularly, obviously, if they're at work as well, that they're trying to do their day-to-day role and school yeah. are sending rafts and rafts of, of information. Yeah, it's difficult. And, and I do think communication is key. One thing that I think is really interesting is that I don't know why, but this remote kind of working situation that we've got, or everyone being remote, it's mm. kind of thrown up a lot of truth yeah. that maybe we yeah. haven't seen. So yeah. when you're talking about well-being, all of a sudden, you have to actually focus on the well-being. What you can't do is give someone a cake and pretend that's well-being. You actually yeah. have to talk to people and, and find out, you know, how they're feeling. I think that is really interesting. And even, yeah. even us at Classroom Secrets as a team, we've we've sort of seen things that we should have noticed before, but we haven't. And you kind of think it will be the opposite. Like you're in the same space as a person. You think that you will be communicating well. But actually, you kind of need to not be together to find out if you are. It's so odd. Yeah, and I, you know, this may this may be one of the the things that does stay, doesn't it? Um, beyond um, this pandemic, this this way of communicating now that everybody has adapted so well, regardless of your experience with technology or this way of communicating. I think this 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 will probably stay because um, people have proved that they can stay connected different and ways I think it's just so much more acceptable as well to sort of jump on a zoom or whatever and yeah. I I'm kind of a little bit excited about that because I'm thinking oh it means I won't have to go sometimes 
on the train to, to, to some places or a plane, whereas yeah. I could probably just do that quickly. And a yeah. video call, I think we're a lot, lot happier to do video yeah. calling as well, which is really yeah. good. And I think you make a good point there, just going back to the original question, is around adapting. I think that's been a big lesson um, for everybody, being able to adapt to new ways of working. It's been really, really key. You know, we are where we are with this situation. Um, and, you know, it's about accepting that this is the new norm for however long that we don't know. Um, but I think it's important to still have your ambition for, for your school, that you don't think, oh, well, we're in this situation, so we can't do that anymore. We can't do this. That'll have to go. This will have to start. Or, you know, th there's nothing that says that it, it, it can be. And, you know, for example, our transitions, you know, um, in terms of children coming into our nursery and children moving from the nursery to reception, we've been very, very focused on making sure that, although it can't look exactly the same, that for those parents, um, the transition is as smooth as possible. And you'll see on our website, we've got uh, a virtual tour of school. Into, when I say tour of school, I mean the, the information that they would normally have got, you know, mm -hmm. about the school is there for them. And next week we've got, sorry, not next week, the week after we're doing some Zoom calls to our new reception parents as well. So obviously they would have got an evening where they've come to school and meet yeah. the staff and, you know, really start that relationship as we mean to go on. But we're still having, I've still got that ambition to make sure those parents have got or are well informed about school and they don't kind of feel like they've been left out on a limb just because of this of this pandemic so um yeah i do think that'll be great for the children as well because we kind of think don't we are oh, well they won't connect on a on a zoom call because you know they're only three or four or whatever but yeah um my daughter's teacher she's in nursery she um she's been getting a lot of videos and I do feel in some ways she, she's made a better connection because she used to talk about the teaching assistant a lot more. Um, yeah. Whereas I think that, um, you know, she wasn't around obviously in the, in the videos that were sent home of Google Classroom. Whereas she's built that relationship with her over video, even though there's, it's not been two-way communication. So yeah. I do think things like Zoom yeah. calls are really good. So um, I'm going to skip to this question then. So how difficult has it been to prepare for reception with obviously the social distancing and everything? We have an amazing early years team, Claire. They are absolutely fantastic. Like all the staff, these these um, staff at NTAs um, have really pulled together throughout this whole, whole process. And I mean, the fact that we've been on lockdown has given them the opportunity to uh, tidy certain bits of the outdoor mm. provision they didn't need to be in but they gave up their own time to come and jet wash the, mm. you know the, the outside area some of the services which had got a bit dirty and looked a bit unkept so we say they've come in and done that sort of off their own back and um, so they're a great team and you know as soon as in line with the government guidance we've made sure that what what can be out is out because obviously the provision is so key to that that age yeah. age of learning and and I think just listening to them and watching how they work together it's it's been a real real joy and and I know that what they're doing 
um, for our children is of a really, really high standard, and they've always got the children's best interests, you know, putting them putting them first, and they have strong relationships with our parents through the through the various channels that we use. So, I've no issues with how our early years team I've I've, I've pulled together. They sort of an you know no fuss, get on with it sort of attitude yeah. and they deserve a lot of credit for that as 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 do all the staff but our early years is is in a separate in a separate building and you know you rely on a lot of trust really that um mm. they can they can get on with it without too much sort of hand-holding and 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 the, and the brilliance and the chemistry that they've got between them it, it's very serene over there under normal circumstances so yeah certainly now during this during this phase it's they don't look at things as, as problems. They're always solution-based. Right, it's not, solution. oh, we can't have this. We can't do this. Oh, this is going to be, this isn't going to be the same. This isn't going to be right. And, you know, yeah, they've always been very um, positive about, about everything. Yeah, which is great because I do think that that is one area where, you know, a lot of people are maybe worrying and saying, well, how can this age group social distance? Um, yeah. And obviously... We, we chatted before and um, my daughter's school has opened to nursery as well and one thing that that they did which I thought was brilliant for anybody who kind of hasn't opened nursery or reception yet because I'd I sort of said to another parent I want to see pictures because I'd seen pictures on Facebook of um reception classrooms where there were there was basically nothing in them and I'm, and I'm thinking but the provision's gone what what are the children going to learn um so I was quite stressed about that and obviously my friend's not a teacher she was like you know what you're talking about it's not going to be any different but anyway even though I've not asked particularly for this for this photo we actually got a video and she did that for the children and I thought that was great and she went around and said that this is what you'll do when you arrive and this is what you will do when we um go into school and this is the provision and I was looking you know trying to figure out what was different because it didn't look that different but there were subtle yeah. differences things like um there was pasta and I thought oh yeah that makes so much sense the pasta can be thrown away um whereas I don't know it might have been little balls that you might have used previously but you know just just switching things I think more than anything um yeah. so I was pleased about how much provision they managed to keep there so I would say that if you're worried there is there is things you can do there are things you can do absolutely yeah and if you know i'm sure like most schools communication in early years is crucial so thing you know things that they can do at, at home as well i'm sure um the schools will will support them but you know early years teachers um yeah they have a they have a they have magic they are magic i'm not yeah. sure yeah. i could ever have done it but uh, you know you've got to have that way about you, and uh, you know hats off to them because it's certainly not easy. They just have um, so many ideas, don't they? That that the rest of us just don't think of. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you know I have a um, my sister's an early years early years specialist, so I'm quite often uh, on the phone to her uh, as she'll mm -hmm. pay testament to 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 ask for some advice or to. Get, build my knowledge up as as well of, of early years which is which is always changing okay um so do you feel 
um, that you've had enough or the right information to make the kind of decisions that you've had to make? There's certainly been a lot of a lot of guidance. I think uh, <laughs> we, we're all acknowledge, acknowledge he, he that. Say, he says uh, that with a smile. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, last count was it over 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 a hundred. So in terms of you know that that is difficult. It is difficult to keep on top. You know yeah. of that. But let's be honest. This is a situation that's, that's unprecedented, and you know they're just trying to make sure that we're in, yeah. we're as informed as possible. So um, you know there was no kind of no blueprint for this. Really, was there? Um, no, so it was no. a first for everything. So um, I think you know they've done the best in the situation they were dealt with, and like us all they'll be learning as as we go along you yeah. know and things oh, yeah. think things are you know from this week there's been things this week in school that have worked well there's been other things that we thought no that that that's not working or things we found out as you go along and and that's what it's all about isn't it you know you know as long as we learn from it so but you know some of the guidance has been really really important and we're constantly referring to it so we you know what would we do without it so to speak you know it is it is important and I guess it'll all be changing again you know the guidance will keep changing based on conversations with people like you who um can say well actually this has worked and this hasn't worked and and we recommend this because of this um so it's going to keep changing um definitely it would be good if they could highlight exactly what's been changed every time (laughs) yeah yeah it's a good good suggestion i suppose it's i always say that about our policies you know something when you're reviewing your homeschool policies just 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 show me the bits that have changed from last from last time this is it yeah everything's time consuming isn't it it would be really good if they could do the um you know on on word where you can do the mark changes yeah if they could just show you that bit that would be helpful (laughs) yeah but i think it's important when you're unsure over the guidance that you've got either people within your own school you can just discuss it with your SLT or other leaders who've probably come across the same thing as well or you know how they've interpreted it as well or the local authority for some some clarification on 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 what that might mean and you know we're lucky and we're gonna we've got a really supportive collaborative approach to to the way we work uh, and the local authority are only ever at the other end of the phone to, to support it and if they don't have the answer they'll do the best to, to come back with you because like I say this is there's so many unknowns in this isn't there this no is one's it, yeah. got all the answers and we need to accept that absolutely so talking about being supported where you said that you feel supported but where has this support come from staff very much the staff initially and um, you know this this whole process wouldn't have been as smooth uh, and that's throughout the key worker and vulnerable phase and into this reopening without them we couldn't have done what we've done without their herculean effort that they put together to make sure that, you know that it's that it's that it's all there certainly the governing body have been extremely supportive of me since since i took on the role in 2016 but they do provide the school with a lot of support obviously we're a a voluntary aided school as well so they are our employers but we have very strong relationships with the governors the parents have been very supportive as well everything's been met uh, with you know real positivity the communication we've sent out has gone down really really well so you know they've 
they've been tremendous throughout all this. Um, the local heads that, that I engage with, um, really, really supportive, sharing ideas, sharing resources, letters, just that knowledge. It was part, partly why I came back to the, the area that I did for the job because um, the heads are, are very supportive um, mm. of, e of each other because they, they appreciate that everybody's been in that, that position. And, and the local authority have been extremely supportive in what's been a very, very difficult situation. They've had regular um, virtual meetings with all the consortias in the local authority. And, you know, I think that helps, you know, they, they haven't hid away. They've, they've always been there and been transparent and been honest with heads and listened to the feedback. So, yeah, feel very supported. And, and that has allowed it to run you know, as relatively smoothly as it as it possibly can. Um, hope I've not missed anybody out there. I think I've covered staff and governors and parents. The children have been amazing as well, other local heads. And, it, you know, obviously, in terms of the unions as well, I completely respect um, the work that they've done at the moment for, for, them, for their members. Uh, and, that, you know, obviously I've got a, a union myself and I've also got, staff who are members of unions and have dealt with concerns and you know very good questions um, on behalf of their members so I think everybody you know, you've got to respect where everybody is in this but certainly in terms yeah. of support and I mustn't forget must I that my support from my home home as well yes. um, with my wife and, and my family uh, who I've obviously not been able to see but I've been on the other end of the phone or uh, a virtual um, conversation so yeah, the support is there and it's been much needed because it, it's there's been some days where it has been particularly challenging. Um, but and that's why you you need people around you, good people around you, um, to deal with that. Yeah. And you need you need to feel like you're doing the right thing, you're making the right decisions, yeah. you're gonna be able to keep the children safe. <laughs> and I think in particular, you know, you mentioned a lot of support from the local authority and your staff, and that's that's bound to give you confidence in that you're doing the right thing um, yeah. and that the children are going to be safe and that you can put measures in place that are going to be safe. Cause I think that that's a key word, isn't it? Cause it's not just, it's physically safe and mentally safe. That's the key thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So obviously at the moment it's all around risk assessments and we've been, you know, make, making sure that everything is in place and it's been shared and it's been looked at by several sources to make sure that staff and, and parents and the children, everybody, governors, uh, unions, everybody feels confident in what we're doing, you know, is, is the right thing, is the right thing to do. So, um, yeah, you, you need sort of people around you who, who can support you that way. Cause like I said, with, the staff, without them, this 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 wouldn't this this really wouldn't have been possible um, to do that. So, you know, hats off to, to to the work that they've they've been doing this whole time. And our you know our children have really strong relationships with the with our with our teachers. And it's not hard to see why that always comes out particularly strongly mm -hmm. in, in in parent surveys as well. And obviously. I, I, I am a user of, of, of Twitter as well. Um, so it has been good to get support from 
colleagues that that are on there as well or ideas as well so you know you're not just uh you've not just got your own locality as well as there's other ideas being shared on twitter obviously you know you have to take some of it with a pinch of salt i think everybody would appreciate that uh, yeah. but it but it's um it has been a useful resource to see see where people where people are at and mm. um i personally have a, have a have a leadership development coach as well and he's been incredibly supportive through all this whole time as well and given me lots of advice and you know kept me sort of focused when perhaps it's you know you've had a bit of a wobbly doing the right thing but mm. you know he's sort of reassured me that you know we're doing the right thing for our for our school community yeah and I, and as a leader as well i know how important that is um to have somebody else who understands the position that you're in because um because and, until you're in that position and not many people ever get to be in that kind of position if that makes sense and yeah. and you need to be able to talk to people who understand who can yeah um yeah. kind of guide you on the right path um yeah. okay so what have your personal challenges been through this process then obviously like i said right at the beginning it was the self-isolation that was uh, uh obviously a first um but i had to show that you know leading by example and follow the government guidelines and uh, and stay away stay away from school uh, and make sure that i wasn't uh, you know wouldn't be spreading any any uh, infection that way but that was difficult cuz all teachers and all your listeners will say even even when you're off school and you've got had a day off sick you, you still have this tremendous feeling of guilt um that you mm. want to be in there and that you are somehow um affecting the children's education even though probably you not being there for one or two days of their life isn't gonna isn't gonna make too too big a deal in the grand scheme of things but i was feeling guilty that i wanted to be there and what potentially was one of the most challenging times in in education but i i could do only do, you know i was doing my bit from, from from afar and that's where you've got to trust so do you feel like you've had any more support from the community or has there been a rise in community spirit during this, this challenging time at all i do feel as though we, we we do have a strong community where where i work um we obviously are a church we're a church school so we get the support um, from the from the local church, and the local reverend has been keeping in regular contact uh, with me, and he's been obviously adapting whilst places of worship have been closed mm. as well, yeah. uh, and he's been doing virtual uh, services and worships and thoughts, and the, the staff. I've been sending those to the staff, and they've found them a real comfort at this time mm. for their family, uh, and you know, like I said earlier, the parents have been really positive in terms of the information we've given them and the decisions that we have made they've understood why they've been made and they've all been made obviously with the best interests and the safety of of, of their children and the staff that's mm -hmm. that's what it's it's always about and you know i do feel as though relationships with uh, parents who potentially have been harder to engage over over the years uh, have improved so that could be one thing that we, we we take out of lockdown is in you know sort of that in, improve relationships with a wider with a with a, a wider range um 
so yeah i would say that there is a stronger community feel the parents obviously put the trust in you uh, to look after their their children um for for five days a week normally or what and whatever it is now under this under this adapted um situation so you know that's a very sort of powerful position to be in and um we need to make sure that we we do right by them so the communication has you know has, has been key and that certainly seems to have been met with a lot a lot of positivity and and the governing body as well have have been rallying around and pull, pulling together not that they sort of haven't ever before but they can sometimes feel a little bit like well how how can we you know we can't yeah. come in and we can't come in and you know but the, certainly the messages that they've been sending me and messages to staff to, to, to pass on as well have certainly come at the right times and been a good pick-me-up for staff if mm-hmm. if you know because you know these long days and it's mentally and physically uh tiring so that they know that they've got people supporting them from from all from all aspects yeah which is great and you know i actually feel like i know my daughter's teacher more as well so i assume that lots of parents must feel a better connection to to their um children's teachers which is so weird because we're not able to see them yeah um but it's just a different kind of connection. And um, I don't think that will be a bad thing because I think it'll help make advocates um, more supporters of the school. Um, so blended learning is a hot, it's a hot topic. Um, what, what do you think blended learning might look like? Have you got any thoughts of how that could work possibly in your school? I think that it's you know it's the million dollar question, isn't it? Really, on everybody's lips is what what's it going to look like uh, in September? Um, mm-hmm. Is are we going back to are we going back to normal in an ideal world? I think that's what we're all hoping that things go back to uh, the way that they were and we're able to bring more children back in. Um, but obviously, if that if that's not the case, then I suppose this last twelve weeks. Um, has been a rehearsal for maybe what's to come and schools have experimented with with various uh, ways of of sharing learning at home whether it be their own models uh, a little bit like we like i said before with the home learning projects uh you know in in conjunction with the national um online academy and bite size Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, should we not return to, to everybody being back in school, that they'll be still very important. So it will be a, a combination of, 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 those, of those things because, you know, it is difficult, you know, mm. as a parent myself, you know, when you're, when you're teaching at home and parents are still working from home, you might, there might be several children in the family, you're split two or three ways and you, feel as you can't give them that that full attention that they need so school do have a responsibility to to provide the best that the best that they they can and i do feel as our schools are working incredibly hard to make sure they nobody wants learning loss nobody wants no. the children not to be making progress even when they're in the not in nobody goes into you know no head teacher wants the children not to 
to be doing as well as they possibly can, even when they're, they're not in school. So whatever school leaders are, are choosing, I'm sure it's the right decision for, for their children and, and, and having the, the appreciation that the parents are, are absolutely doing their best. And, but in an ideal world, you want everybody back in the classroom because nothing replaces, does it, the, no. the impact and the motivation and the inspiration that a teacher can have on a on a child's life and you know it's important you know they only get one shot at education so we want to make it the the best we we possibly can yeah and um and really it's it's a relatively short time in in the span of a child education and we have to remember that that you know we can there are things we can do and i think we'll be okay um so if you can, if you could wave a magic wand, then how would you solve the life work balance problem for teachers? Do you know what? I, I, I do think schools are really, really taking this seriously now. Um, obviously, I've been in, in, in education for a few years or so, and it was something that we sort of talked about in my early career, but not necessarily uh, having an impact, but I definitely think that schools are keeping um, a life work agenda as well as mental health and well-being are, are a real priority now. And I think everybody understands that in order to have motivated staff and happy staff and happy children, and happy families, that you've got to take into consideration the you know the workload that you put on your staff. So. I think, whereas in the past it was an afterthought, maybe that, that might be harsh, but I kind of feel as though it wasn't, it was lip service. I've said that before. Whereas now it is a real, at the forefront of all heads' mind is yes, but is that going to add to their workload in every decision? Let's look at mm. the best way. It's not cutting corners, it certainly isn't that. It's what are there other ways of doing this that are just as effective? but are going to allow teachers more time to do what they're good at, which is, which is their actual day-to-day, day-to-day learning. So I, I genuinely do think that the that education is moving in the right direction in terms of, of work-life balance and schools are doing all sorts of wonderful things to make sure that their staff um, are happy and well looked after. And that's where Twitter has been particularly good at been in contact with schools and seen some of their ideas of how they ha- keep their staff happy and you know I hold my hands up I've pinched several ideas and um, that's what it's I've, for absolutely and they've been great you know whether it's a, um, a survival pack at parents evening or a staff appreciation week whatever whatever it is and um, there's lots that you can learn out there and good ideas that just show you staff that yeah you know you know, you're doing a brilliant job and we know it's not easy, particularly at the moment, but, you know, keep up the good work and that we value, that we value tremendously. I also think the fact that, you know, we've had to do remote working for, for a while because every, all the barriers have kind of been removed. I'm interested to see how that helps with work-life balance going forward because, because things have had to be changed significantly then there'll definitely be a resistance to want to go back to some things. Um, and I think we'll see that across 
every kind of sector. So yeah, that I think that's a good yeah, thing. I think it, I think it's proved that, um, you know, that we some things don't have to be the way the way that they were, and parents have been very good in terms of not messaging um, the teachers outside of outside of working hours and things like that and emails you know making sure emails aren't sent outside of those hours and I think people have been able to do that and understood that and so you know let's hope that continues that you know so we value each other's uh, home life and that mm. we don't don't interrupt them when they're there and I think that's been one thing that's because we're very conscious of people's welfare at the minute that those kind of things that perhaps were going on beforehand aren't necessarily now and things are waiting to, to the to, for the right moment and you know staff don't want to be sent an email at eight o'clock at night about something that isn't important and could wait until the next time that they're in and that that means a lot a lot to them doesn't it you know little things like that so having a sort of an embargo on on, on emails and messages and things like that need to turn your notifications off. That's like, well, I yeah. don't have my notifications yeah. on. I check it yeah. enough, thanks. Yeah. I tell staff to do that. I'm not always great at doing it myself, to be honest. <laughs> well, maybe now's the time. I just think Absolutely. I check my emails and teams that enough. I really don't need to be notified. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, where do you think education's going in the next 10 years? I think it's an exciting time to be in education i really really do um you know there's a lot of move towards educational research and staff taking more ownership of their own uh, professional growth and less of the accountability agenda um to you know that's that staff have perhaps anxious about but more about how how to better themselves as a teacher because ultimately that's that's what I want I want the best possible teachers stood in front of those those children every single day and I know that by strict accountability measures that's not going to be the right thing to do but by mm -hmm. finding out how they want to get better um, and what I can do to support them that that's going to be the real key so I, I do feel as though there's been there's been that definite definite shift there um uh, i think we learn from this that communication again is is going to be really really important and if you, you know if if schools communicate lines of communication haven't been as good as they could have been maybe they they're going to be improved from them relationships with parents that again are so are so crucial but the overarching thing for me is 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 staff staff cpd we've we've really sort of prioritized that our school and wanting them to, to to get better and whether that's reading an article in in tes or reading a book or going to another school and, or listening, and seeing to a podcast. Or listening to a podcast absolutely <laughs> um it's you know signing up on twitter when you you know mm, yeah. it's it does it there is a sort of a moral duty now for teachers to to do that little bit of research and, that, and don't get me wrong I know that that's easier said than done when everybody's everybody's very busy but if you want to be um abreast of everything and up to date with everything that's key you know 
why wouldn't you follow a maths guru or somebody yeah. who's on the ball uh, and got the latest information so we've really we've really prioritized that so it's you know staff professional growth and and cpd is something that we're really going to to focus on as well as mental health and well-being because you know this this is going to affect everybody in different ways so yeah i don't think you'll find a school in the country that you know hasn't probably got mental health and well-being of the children and staff on their school development plan for the next however many years um because it it is so key because it is a tough tough job teaching uh it's a rewarding one but it is very very tough and and you know you don't go into it lightly yeah it was tough and now we've just had this massive thing that's just affecting everybody um that that now has got to be dealt with on top of that um so last question then who's your favorite teacher at school and why well i have to say you know i've been very lucky in my life that i have had a good a good education and i valued it and my parents valued it as well so all the way through school i'm not saying i was probably the easiest child to educate um <laughs> but i did appreciate it and uh, took a you know it takes a while sometimes for the penny penny to drop but uh, i i was into sport a lot and i do feel as though once uh, i got to high school and got that opportunity to to perhaps do to do do more sports and it did focus me academically as well so um i would say probably if i can have two i would say um one of my pe teachers um who really saw something in me um his name was phil harland and he was he was brilliant and you know sort of an old school master type but yeah somebody who i really looked really looked up to and yeah because i was a cricketer um and he 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 ran that and it was some great fixtures that he you know he did a lot for the school you know i, I used to look at him and think gosh you know he, he never at home you know he gave his life yes, gave yes. his life to that school and i'm not saying that that's that's the way everybody should be but you know you you value somebody who's dedicated to the profession mm. uh and then I had an english teacher um called mrs Heimers, and she was just fun she just made learning so fun and she had personality and you you, you could laugh with her um but she helped you learn as well you know mm. it was she knew when the time was to to back off and that, you know she she just had that she just had a lovely a lovely way about her um so i mean there's numerous but those those two stick out for me and you know like i say i was i was very lucky in, in my life that i had a you know a good grounding in education because my parents you know were, were very clear that it is important that um that you knuckle down and do the best that that you that you could and my, i had a sister who was older than me as well and she was a, a good role model um you know to to look up to and i think everybody everybody needs that yeah well thank you so thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and talking me through everything that you've done in your school so far in terms of dealing with this pandemic that nobody really knows how to deal with um and we're all doing our best but i know that this will be really useful for schools especially if they haven't gone back or it might give them yeah. some more ideas about how to get more children in so thank you so much 
Yeah, no problem. And it's been it's been great to talk. And obviously, I'm really appreciative of, of, the, of, the, of the opportunity to do that. And I would just say good luck to everybody out there um, with the reopening. Um, everybody's in, in, in different circumstances and they've got to make the best decision with the best information for the most number of people that they've yeah. got. Uh, and good luck with that. I suppose it's a little bit like what Laura McInerney said about uh, it's a bit like a snow day. You know, on a snow day, schools have to make that decision and yeah, everybody's true. decision is different because the situation is different. Your building's different, your travel, your staffing, you have to make that judgment call. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, no, it's not a one size fits all blanket approach to this. So I want to make that very clear to colleagues out there that, uh, you know, that I'm with them and I support them. And, you know, good luck with, with everybody out there who's who's got these challenging decisions to make, not just now, but potentially moving forward. Thank you. That was such a nice thing to say at the end. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. I agree with David. There is so much more we can learn from this period of time. And I'm excited to see how we can shape education of the future more positively and what blended learning will mean for children, teachers, parents and the childcare element of school. You'll find everything that David and I talked about in the show notes. If this is the first time that you're listening to the Teachers Podcast, then remember to subscribe and do explore the other episodes as I've had some truly inspirational and knowledgeable guests. It's a really great time to tap into some free CPD. You can also join our Facebook group called the Teachers Podcast Community and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.